second like like the electrons <laughs> stopped firing so it's just like man hello to red 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 rebel fm yeah um so we're here my name's anthony gallegos i'm with tyler barber hey how's it going and arthur geese you could sound a little more excited about it i know people actually uh one of the things i i did see because the other day just to torture myself i looked at our negative itunes reviews <sighs> this was yesterday and, uh, the other day, meaning five minutes ago, they're overwhelmingly positive. I mean, we have like four and a half star average. Oh, really? And uh, oh, it went down. Mm. Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, oh, a four lot... and a half is not bad. Let's be realistic. Oh, it is. Yeah, it's just originally when the <laughs> podcast first started, it was all five because you know it's a bunch of people just being nice to us after the layoffs. Mm-hmm. But and now people don't feel that obligation, which is fine. And okay, yeah, no, it's just certain people didn't like the the dynamic of the show anymore i that's fine whatever the uh, that's okay you can go listen to nick sutner's podcast oh that's right well so, no i, I that's yeah right. the more 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 of the criticism i get is like the cock and dick jokes but we don't do that many no and uh, sometimes people we also criticize that we're, we sound tired and stuff and uh the honest part is that sometimes we are tired it's not that we're tired of making the podcast because i like to do this for everyone um the reality of it is, though, is that, yeah, a lot of times we're tired because we always do this after working normal day. Mm-hmm. Um, and now in so addition to Anthony's general lack of enthusiasm, <laughs> I am exhausted. See, that, see my fellas, general this lack is of why, enthusiasm. This is why yeah. I have my best you know, friend in my hand right here, Joe. Barely getting through every day. Just one hour to the next. That's crying what you, yourself that, to sleep. That's what you think my life's like? It's not that bad. I actually am in a decent mood a lot of times. It's just that some days are more tiresome than others. You only um, cry yourself to sleep like one or two nights a week, right? Um, it's a good thing I know you're joking. I am totally joking. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I was you know, you you know people going. would also be like, people, I also see the complaint that we don't have guests anymore. And, you know, actually, I did want to take a moment just to be like, you know, the main reason that is is because back in the day when we were all unemployed, it was really easy to find a time that worked for our guests. Like, we could just do it no matter what. They'd be like, I can only record between 11 30 and one o'clock on tuesday morning and you're like okay we can do that but now it's like we're very all set within a lot of ranging schedules so that makes it much harder also not to disparage people because people are generally very nice but a lot of people in the gaming industry total fucking flakes yeah we do get a lot more guests set up than what show up so um let's talk about games Beep boop beep boop. <laughs> <laughs> okay, no, no. Well, wait, today I, I today that. the format is is we're gonna do what we've been playing and then a double wide letters trailer park. Yeah, session assuming that there's a lot of good ones. I like I like calling it double wide. The double wide letters. Assuming that like there's this. a good amount I'll of letters. I bet you do, Tyler. Uh, <laughs> you know, we have well, there's been a lot of letters we haven't read. 
And a lot of them we haven't even looked at, so that should mean that we're going to get our fair share of awful ones and good ones. You know what we're not going to read? The fucking penthouse forum letter we got this morning. <laughs> yeah, you can eat shit. To the guy that sent us a or letter. Or your girlfriend can. To the guy that sent us a letter about a girl peeing on him. Um, <laughs> I don't believe you, sir. I think you're a liar. And even if you're not lying, like, I, I don't know that we, that's not our, this is not an area that we want to talk about. So Not on the air. Now, if you're peeing on her. Then maybe. Well, that's the way it's supposed to be, right? <laughs> um, yeah, so let's talk about actual video games. Um, that we've been playing. Yeah, because... And how. Yeah, unless one of you guys been playing a video game that involves peeing on someone. I could see that being an Xbox Live indie game. <laughs> <laughs> the R. Kelly. The oh, R. Kelly, God. Uh, imagination machine. That shit wouldn't last a day. Um... So, anyways, what games have act- uh, this is like the fifth time I'm gonna say this? What games have people actually actually been, been playing? playing? Tyler, you know what I picked up? Break it because, up because you know the way you were you know you you're talking about it. The game I really wanted to enjoy last week was Banjo and Kazooie. Mm-hmm. Banjo Kazooie. Ban- ba- Banjo Kazoo. It should be Banjo and Banjo Kazooie. and Kazoo, okay. but it's just Banjo Kazooie. Okay, I like the banjos and the kazoos and the kazoos. <laughs> That's my impression of a kazoo. <laughs> Banjo Kazooie Nuts and Bolts. Nuts and Bolts is correct, yeah. And you man, play with some I, nuts and bolts. when I started playing, I was immediately reminded why I stopped playing. It's the game, it has the rare trademark of being needlessly complicated. Like the way you gotta like bring these jiggies to this machine, get the puzzle pieces from the machine, take them and bring them into this machine. That part is kind of tedious. Like, oh. The only thing I'd say is that at points it points it seems like they intentionally make it complicated like it becomes a puzzle thing um or at least with one of the worlds that i had to unlock it was a a pretty comp not pretty complicated but it was a like a thing where you had to put this piece in a cage like you get it in a cage and then you go across the water and go up to the top of this crane and bring the thing up and put it into another cage and it rolls toward the level unlocking thing but you're Mm -hmm. saying you don't understand like why when you like grab a jiggy it doesn't just like appear in an inventory yeah, it's just like, like a, put it like the hub it. world is very complicated, and they give you a lot of information right up front. They give it to you, like you know, I don't know. It just seems really, really complicated the way they handle all the new items you require and everything. Right. But uh, but on top of that, despite all that, you know, I'm I'm still having fun with it, and I kind of just wish like I don't know there was a mode of the game where it was just all they just give you all the pieces and you could just go and build some stuff. But I guess that takes out the fun. But um, well, no. It doesn't take out all the fun. I think it just gets you straight to all the fun. Right. Brings you straight to it. Yeah. But, um, yeah, that, I, I guess that's where my frustration lies is that I don't want to. Have you built any cool vehicles, though? No. I have not built any cool vehicles. Because I don't have that vehicles? many parts. I don't have a whole bunch of. Tyler will not be with us next week. Parts. <laughs> Dude, even I mean, with the base parts you get right off the bat, you can do quite a bit. Yeah. You don't actually have to gather that much. I mean, you can't. Do the cool thing, like, make vehicles that blow apart or make flying right. vehicles. I mean, well, right, let's like, be fair. You need to have imagination. Well, no, no. Like, well, what I'm speaking about is, like, the first set of missions, at least from what I've seen so far, they pretty much provide the blueprints that you would need. Like, if you need a ta- you know, the taxi vehicles or, like, vehicles that they have do. a crate. They do. I mean, or, those are usually good templates to start from. Yeah. If you want. That's I how mean, I generally did it. Basically, I have ignored every blueprint they provided. Mm. It's always been, well, what do I want to do to get this done? Or, like, I'll create a vehicle and see if this applies. Mm-hmm. And that has helped me to sort of completely destroy a lot of the uh, the most base time trials. 
Right now we're playing the watch Anthony get the shit bit out of him by his cat game. Sorry, I just didn't want her to attack her own tail and hurt herself. Anyways. Instead she hurt you. Yeah. Now she's back to attack Okay, so more banjo. Yeah, and uh, you know, I just, I don't know. Uh, it seems like a, a game that really wants, I don't know, put Roblox in front of my building fun time. But I'm willing to give it some more shots and I want to unlock some more pieces and stuff. I can't wait to get to the aerial... Did you craft. download it or did you buy it new? Or did you? Just I've had I've, it, right? I've owned it. Yeah, I've had it for a long time. I do kind of wait. I, there have been times, or I mean, not even times, but I mean, the whole reason that I'm playing the main game is to unlock more pieces to play with. Yeah, I mean, I spend a lot of times in that game. Like once you like, the first time you get like a spring that allows your car to jump, then I sat there driving around the main hub town, just being like, what parts can I now obtain? I would just go around hunting them mercilessly. Mm-hmm. So, but. Uh, to be fair, the levels also, like, without the levels, there would be no reason to to make the vehicles. Yeah, yeah, and I I guess, like, my other frustration just comes from the the end goals, like, what you're building the vehicles for. Does just, it, It's not, like, you know, I had, there, there, there was one challenge where the challenge is basically, like, you're inside of an Xbox 360 and you race to the very top. It's, it's just like, you know, you're just racing to the top, or, I don't know, like, I want meteor challenge. I don't know, maybe... They are different. Some of them are like, I mean, they are like, in a lot of ways, like almost like MMO quests in a lot of ways, very short little things like gather amount X amount of X in this Mm -hmm. time. Yeah. I could see like, I don't normally like time things, so I'm actually surprised I liked it as much because they put you under a time thing like all the time. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's how they determine whether you get a jiggy or not. Or a trophy or just, yeah. I mean, but I still... I don't know, I enjoyed it a and, lot. And and some of the some of the games too seem like really really vague. Uh you know, and I I got this one mission and he was like it was something about like a I think he threw his friend's possession into the volcano and he wanted you to go retrieve it, but I was like, "Well, where do I get it?" Like I was driving around this volcano forever, could never find what I was supposed to get or anything, never some saw. Some you got to come back to. Yeah. To really do like effectively. Like some of them you can get by and just squeak by and get the the jiggy piece, but if you want to like go back and get the trophy, you're gonna have to do it later with like really awesome parts. Yeah. So. I just, for me so far, I, I've felt like I've spent so much time in the in the garage making different shit from what I have that I always have something that will handle the mission in front of me super well. And then if I don't, then that's actually part of the fun part is saying, "Oh, okay, so now I need to think of something completely different." Is the only way to go into the garage by going into a new level? No, no, you can always hit the back button, right? Oh, okay. Or um, start. If you're inside a world, you can do anything at any time. If you're in the hub world, the only way you can fuck with vehicles is to go to the garage. But if you're inside of like the Xbox level, you can edit your vehicle at any time. Ah, uh, on the fly. Yeah. So. Hmm. I mean, you can even like attach part. You don't even have to do like the blueprint thing. Like you can attach parts and take things off as banjo. Hmm. So, yeah, yeah, I was just getting frustrated. Like those little balls that roll around were just fucking you up. Yeah, and and like you know, flinging the uh, the seat like way off of the vehicle, like so far, and, and then like I try to pick it up and run it all the way back to the vehicle, and then the balls come. It's true. Up. Early on, before you have, like, like uh, eventually you'll build like armored things that every you know that that won't be so as vulnerable, like. I guess you kind of have to stick with it through that initial learning curve of having those pain in the ass moments happen where you're like, hmm, now I should maybe put armor all around my seat all the time so that <laughs> something else falls off first. But I just never had my seat knocked off. That's weird. 
And you got to get ran pretty hard from behind, unless you put your seat up front, which you can't do, which I mm-hmm. have done before. But I did that with my spatula. You put the seat all the way up in the front? So. I, or with one of the spatulas. I have many spatula variations. Um, what else have you been hitting up? Um... I've 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 really crested a a performance barrier with Modern Warfare 2 online play. What does that mean? What, and what that means is last night I've I, I've been consistently killing higher and higher and higher and dying less and less. Dude, last night I played my best game ever. It had 30 kills, 7 deaths. Jesus Christ, Tyler. Was that how much of that was like a like like was that like you just being awesome and running on the level? Or was it like at some point you you got like an AC-130 and all of a sudden just oh, no. ate people alive? Yeah, no, no. It wasn't an AC-130 or anything. It was just uh, one of those in-the-zone games. Actually, I've not manned an AC-130 yet. What but, is your preferred loadout? Um, I I switch up all the time. And I'm, I'm generally the one who's trying to convince my friends to try other classes, to try other gun types. Because like, I have friends who are like... Oh, you know, I'm I'm level seventy, but I never I've never tried a sub the submachine guns, and it's like what? I mean, some people when they find something they feel like works, they, stick, they just I mean, stick even with the it. original Modern Warfare, I basically almost exclusively used the M4. Mm-hmm. Well, and I feel I feel like the reason people do that is because they're holding on for dear life to the only rope they think they have because. In that game, things escalate so quickly, and the people that are doing well just do better. And Not just better that, but sometimes better. when you switch to like a submachine gun. Now all of a sudden you don't have a red dot sight or anything for it, and so you got to start all over with that customization right. yeah. run again. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I I can understand that, but I but what I don't, do you use? I, Did I don't you know say? what it is, but um, I, I I go through all of them. I, I I'm going through every single gun and getting enough kills to where the next goal is 300 kills, and then I move on. So that way I'm leveling up really fast. So and I actually enjoy unlocking all the stuff with the guns. I actually enjoy starting with the iron sights and then working your way up. I don't know. It's there's something fulfilling to me about it, and I even feel the same way about prestiging. Like I will prestige once I go past level seventy, just because I think it's fun gathering, gaining all that shit. But um, yeah, I definitely had my zen moment yesterday. Anthony's cat is losing her shit. Um, do you like do, the only guns I've ever had a really hard time playing with in Modern Warfare? Like. Without failure, shotguns. Dude, yeah, that's one I gun type I don't use. In that game. Yeah, like it doesn't matter if it's an automatic shotgun. I just can't ever seem to hit anybody with that goddamn thing. Yeah, and I I, I plan on using the backup shotguns because you always see guys run around with we call them the double dildos because they look. Yeah, what the fuck are those? Like it, They're like amazing when you see people do it. Yeah, them. basically like. You can get shotguns as your secondary weapon. They're like single-hand lever action They're shotguns. normally single-hand, but if you use them enough, you unlock a Kimbo, which lets you dual-wield them. And like a dual-wielded, uh, the, the dual-wielded secondary shotguns will is instant kill one shot. It doesn't matter, but the range is really, really shitty, but dudes can really tear It's all just approaching the point where I have no interest in playing Modern Warfare It anymore. looks ridiculous when you see someone using them, too, because they're shooting mm-hmm. them and they're like spinning them yeah. and stuff. I don't know. I see people do that all the time, though. They are they are absurd. I had, I had hoped before Modern Warfare Two had come out that they would make it a little less insane, and instead it has gone completely the other. Direction. I did hear that they've gotten rid like one of our yeah, 
listeners wrote in and said that he'd noticed that they had gotten rid of certain guns that didn't make sense to him at all. Like, there's no more AK-74U, which was actually a gun I used to really like in the submachine gun class. Well, they just replaced it with a different gun, I'd imagine. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's just, you know, it's yeah. it's just weird. Like, he thought it was weird that they wouldn't have, like, new gun and AK-74U. Right, like bringing back the old standbys. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. Um, I mean, they also made it so that the M16 is a super high-level gun now. Yeah, I noticed yeah. that. Yeah, that, that don't, I really don't like the gun you start with. What is it, an AUG or whatever? It's something like that. Yeah, I, I'm not a big fan of that gun. Yeah, yeah, it's okay. I, I did pretty well with it, but um, but yeah, I'm mean, still having fun with that. One of my friends actually experienced the the glitch where it gives you infinite ammo, where it, like throws you in the private match. I had no idea this was a glitch. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. This is ammo. okay. So like for 360 versions of Modern Warfare 2, since they fixed the javelin, the javelin glitch, the, the javelin glitch, the, the javelin glitch, there's sort of been two new glitches introduced, and one of them is where it sort of bumps you into rooms that have uh infinite ammo and basically there's no uh like reloading there's no like you know you don't need to cock a grenade to to launch grenades you can basically just like go in and just oh my god automatic fire grenade launching and shit and uh a couple of my friends were getting this uh were getting this bug and talking about how annoying it was but one of my buddies who's the type of gamer who loves to run in grand theft auto and just create mayhem for hours you know he, he he likes that instant gratification he was like of the mind that it was actually really fun and could be a fun different mode you know a different mode of way of that playing awful it it does to most people and most people say the same thing but i also saw one of the guys on g4 tv uh today blogging about that same issue how though it was annoying how he saw uh it could you know present present an interesting new mode like one of those uh Happy it sounds like the mode where like I would jump in with a a saw and just hold down the trigger and never stop. <laughs> right, sit there. I guess you don't even have to reload. You might as well just use the most accurate hip fire weapon you can. Mm-hmm. I don't yeah. know. Or or the noob tubes. Just pure the look on your launchers. face to me, Arthur says. Like I, I don't even. I'm know not what saying it says. move on. I'm just. It's no. It's not that. It's just that. Like Modern Warfare Two has left an area where I'm like <clears throat> interested in the game, and now I'm just sort of. I acknowledge that it exists and that a lot of people play it, but I'm just my interest has gone to almost nothing. Yeah, like, it bothered me when I went to go play it. Like I, I really didn't know that whole thing that you can't be in party chat, but you can be in a private chat. That didn't really make sense to me. Like uh, most of the time when I party chat, it's usually with just one other person. Anyways, mm-hmm. I just forget about using private chat these days, even though that's yeah. like the thing we used to do back in the day. Yeah, but and annoyed everybody doing it. Yeah, but yeah, I don't know. So, uh, what else you been hitting up? That's it. That's good. Um, my games. Yep, I'm playing Modern Warfare 2 every single night with my friends from Houston. It's so good. I love it. What have you been playing, Artur? Um, not Modern Warfare 2. I've been <laughs> playing the Hate Modern Warfare 2 game. Artur's very... been stuck in the in the earlier parts of 2009. Uh. Somewhat, yeah. Uh, so because of Game of the Year stuff, um, like I played almost every game that we're considering for Game of the Year, except for stuff that I will literally not play and will not discuss whatsoever. Like the sports game conversation, I won't, I won't participate in because I'm not really interested in playing Madden or or NHL games or NHL games. I mean, I played an NHL game this year and it was fucking terrible. Um, but uh. I was playing uh, for the for the racing game category. We we nominated Need for Speed Shift and Dirt Two among others, and I hadn't played either of them, so I thought that I would 
I would try those out as a means to to make a more informed decision because uh, that's one of the more contentious categories I think at Team Xbox for for racing game. I would guess so. I mean, considering that one of the games up for it is a Microsoft first party game yeah. exclusive, could make it more contentious. Um, I think it's just contentious because, in my opinion, there there are two front runners, and I mean. Reading the reviews for Need for Speed Shift, I expected it to be a lot more fun, and I just I'm not having any fun with Need for Speed Shift. Yeah, I I I've just heard it. I guess it comes down. It's like there are people like it's like one of those games. It's like you either like Shift, you like Forza. It's one or the other more than the other. And it's I fine. don't They're even both great games. It doesn't seem like that to me. It just seems like either you would like Dirt Two or you would like Forza. Like Need for Speed Shift doesn't do anything particularly well. It's just competent across this sort of cross-section. Like, you can try to play it like an arcade racer and do okay. You can try to play it like a sim racer and do okay. But it doesn't excel the way that Forza 3 does it being a sim racer. Yeah. Or it doesn't excel the way it being, uh, as I was putting it to you earlier, like Dirt 2 feels like Mario Kart for grown-ups. Yeah, I just heard the people that liked the... Mm-hmm. Shift liked it because of the they actually liked the way it tried to get across the feel of racing. Does that come across at all when you played it? I mean, the only thing I can think of is that the the cockpit view it seems more sort of dynamic and not as static as certain other racing games do. But again, like driving from the cockpit feels wonky and weird and Need for Speed Shift to me. Do you think you'd like Shift? Well, this is probably an easy question. Do you think you'd like Shift more if it had a rewind feature? Uh, that would help a lot, yeah. Um, and actually, it's funny that... Uh, I mean, Dirt 2 came out before Forza or uh, Need for Speed Shift. Right. Uh, and Dirt 2 has a rewind feature, which is good, uh, but you can only use it a certain amount of times. Huh. And if you set the AI higher, you can you can use it fewer amount of times. Like, I have it set to, uh, to serious is the difficulty setting I have it on, uh-huh. um, which sounds extreme, but there's four difficulty settings and it's number two. Yeah. Oh. Um, but they give a they give a good challenge. They're aggressive. They bump. They'll uh, try to spin you out on certain courses if you fuck with them. Um, but uh, like you you can do it three times on that, and after that you're just boned. Like there's no more rewind, um, and that's fine to a point. Like it's better than none at all, and which is what Need for Speed Shift has. But pl- after playing Forza and then going back and playing Dirt Two and Need for Speed Shift, it's just like. The frustration factor that I felt was absent from Forza because of the rewind feature is you, is more sharply felt in Shift. Though, I mean, not in Shift in uh, in Dirt. Though, is it more like is it less of an issue being able to rewind? Like, is it is it like a you know is is it the type of game where if you fuck up and you're out of rewind, it's like well that was that you know, or is it like you can come back and still do well enough to continue the game progression okay so you keep saying that this is something that you keep presenting to me uh about racing games and about need for speed shift in particular because you heard me ranting about the lack of a rewind feature i do not play racing games to come in second no like, I, yeah i'm just wondering but you the, you said in shift you know the thing is that uh, uh the, the progression in shift depends on earning stars right that's what i'm saying so in this one is can you still progress if you don't if you don't like a lot of times when i like when i reviewed motorstorm for psp I would get first in most ever, and that's like what I really wanted. But the occasional getting third place, if I really didn't want to play that track again, it wouldn't like hurt me. I See, but that going. that speaks to the game not being fun to me, like not wanting to play the track again. Well, I, I mean, certain tracks are better than others, is the thing. Um, I mean, I, I mean, I don't, I I don't see like 
in a series of events in a racing game, like being, okay, well, I'm going to come in third on this one and then first on a couple of others. And that's, that's good enough. Like, that's not why I'm interested in playing those games. Like I, if I'm, if I am competing in a race, like it is first or I start the race over. Uh, that's fine. I mean, it's um, just, you and I have different mentalities when it comes to that. And like in Forza, that's not a problem because you can, if you make a mistake, you are not, especially in the end, which is a problem that racing games have had basically forever, which is that if you fuck up near the end, all of your progress is done and you have to do the race all over again or you finish last or you finish third or fourth or whatever. Where with Forza 3, that's never an issue because you'll just back up and do it again. And I feel like it makes you a better driver because you learn how to take those turns instead of going through the entire race all over again and forgetting how you fucked up and then eventually maybe you fuck up again and you have to do the race over again and you forget what it is you did wrong. I feel like it contributes to learning how to control your cars better. I was gonna, that's what I was going to ask in Forza. Do you end up not having to like even repeat races? Like You can pretty much do it first try Exactly. every time. I mean, first try with quotation well, marks. You, basically right, meaning, but you're like, not going to replay the race. You're going to get first eventually if you're willing to use the rewind enough. Yeah, well, assuming that your car can do it. I mean, like even you might realize that your car just can't do it and you'll you'll quit the race and you you'll try to come back later hmm. um i mean need for speed shift like there's definitely several instances where i just kept restarting a race and getting more and more frustrated every time because the car the game handles a little strangely and it doesn't handle the way you'd expect and uh, it has a racing line like forza does but the racing line is not accurate it'll say green which in forza means you can floor the accelerator and you're fine whereas shift will show a turn like a mild turn with green and if you if you go full speed and try to turn gradually you'll you'll wobble out of control basically and spin out yeah i mean i think a large part of it my enjoyment like dirt 2 sounds like of all the games you described the one that i would actually probably like yeah. rather than forza or shift yeah cuz for me it's like it's like a lot of times for me getting like third place is good enough if it allows me to progress only cuz for me getting first place in a lot of racing games isn't an option so a lot of times <laughs> right. a lot of times i'm like yeah, yeah. I did it. I placed. Like for me, <laughs> placing a lot of times. It like for tough. you, who likes racing games and is pretty good at them, I can see that being like first or nothing. But yeah, for me, it's like definitely it's a task a lot of times to get anything. Well, but I mean, third. now just imagine if like instead of getting first, you were constantly getting fourth instead of third, and having to run that race over and over again. Yeah. Like how how frustrating that becomes, hmm. and it's it's just another thing that keeps me from feeling like i'm progressing um but uh but dirt 2 is fun uh there was one race in particular today there are a lot of different kinds of races in dirt 2 uh there's uh normal just track racing like you're used to except it's on on dirt (laughs) go figure uh it's on dirt um there's these races that take place on more bumpy terrain that generally you're racing trucks or jacked up vehicles on huge tires uh, there's rally racing where you're just trying to take a course as quickly as you can and you're racing against other people's times. And then the one today that was giving me a lot of trouble was called Last Man Standing, where basically it's a race and if you destroy your car, you're out. Uh, and eventually it starts a timer that ticks down to 20 seconds and whoever's the last pl- person there like n- just is dropped out of the race. Okay, I was going to say, I remember this mode in the DS version of Dirt 2. Yeah, so like number 8 is the first one to go, then 7, then 6. And like by the time they you're... blew up. Yeah, that would be awesome. <laughs> Maybe next time. Uh, so, I mean, that was that's fun, but again, it's just you use... 
Dirt 2 has an awesome interface, um, but unfortunately there are times when it's so excited to show you how cool its interface looks that it obscures the track. And when it's a night course and it obscures the track and causes me to suddenly slam my right side into a wall that was sticking out a little bit and damage my wheels and lose a race, that gets kind of frustrating. Um, but Dirt 2 is a hell of a lot of fun. I just don't think that it's as... I don't. I don't feel as satisfied playing Dirt Two as I'm gonna I do say. It almost seems like it's just like, like yeah. You know, I know that in the scheme of things, they get lumped together in their own category. They're very they, different games. Yeah, that's the thing. Yeah, like Forza and Dirt. They, I still they think, both involve cars and getting first, but yeah. I mean, Dirt Two is is again like the way I, the way I put it was it's Mario Kart for grownups. Like there's no shells or no power ups, but it's about power sliding all over the place and like ricocheting off other cars and and spinning cars out and being aggressive and i don't feel like need for speed shift does that particularly well even though it ostensibly tells you you can drive that way um and then forza obviously is not about that at all Hmm. like forza is about precision and you get rewarded for that precision whereas if you fuck up your car in dirt too it doesn't cost you any money at the end like it's just like sweet you won (laughs) nice way to go your car is still rolling across the finish line, yeah, as it should be. Yeah, yeah, I mean that's that, that that's the one thing about the racing the racing genre that really always has always turned me off. Just like how penalizing sometimes they it can be. Yeah, especially more simmy ones. That's mm-hmm. because for me, I I just not good at it. Right. Yeah. So I mean, like again, which is where the rewind feature for Forza comes in, like because mm-hmm. instead of having to do the lap over again or just quitting, like it. You just back up and keep going. Like I played Forza Three a lot more than I played Forza Two for that reason. Are the are the leaderboards for Forza Two? Do they differentiate people who beat races without using rewind? Yes. Ah, smart. So there is a reason to do races without rewind. Practice with the rewind. Oh yeah, I'm the sure rewind? there's the super hardcore people who think yeah. the rewind rewind features for babies or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you can turn it off. I mean, you don't have to do it. Uh, but those are the people that wouldn't need rewind anyway, probably. Right. Um, so in addition to playing old games, uh, we also played Army of Two a couple of weeks ago, and intermittently more since then, since we're both on the review. Army of Dos. I've hardly played more. I played like a like a half hour by myself to I, see what it was like by myself. Yeah, I played about an hour by myself because like, I put up a preview today about my single-player impressions of Army of Two. The fortieth day. The, what um? What specific mode did you guys? Did you play a single player or that multiplayer mode? Both. We played multiplayer as well, but uh, when we played, like before, it was just co-op campaign. Mm-hmm. So it's all right. The end. <laughs> That's what I was I was I was waiting for that. No, um, I, I mean it's better than the first one so far. Yes, I would I would go so far as to say it's a lot better than the first one. Yeah, I mean the first one. I kept playing it because I bought it, and it wasn't because I enjoyed it. Yeah. Uh, you know, the first one was, in my mind, was very much like a C range game, like a like a mid C, like just a straight up C. If the, I was going to go the one up scoring, and it sort of tapered off much closer to the D or F category. Towards the end, towards it just got end. boring. Yeah, just really, I don't know. That game yeah. was. I mean, that game had a lot of like okay ideas and stuff. Like I liked the idea of working with a teammate to do all those things. It had a lot of promise. Yeah, it's just a, a lot of it comes off very forced. So, uh, the I mean, the weird thing about Army of Two, the 48th Day, is that, like, it just can't have as much promise as the first one because it's the sequel to the first one. 
Right. But I feel like it executes on all of all of the promise that the first one had so much better than that one did. Yeah, this one doesn't do any backstory. There's none of that. There's none of like before you were badass or this is how you do it. Like it does have a tutorial kind of, but not like the type of tutorial the first one had. Yeah, no, it's like this one very much is just like, and five minutes in now you're shooting people with real bullets and murdering them. It's like, you know, they don't fuck around at all. Um, luckily murdering people with bullets is much easier in this one than it is. Yeah. In the first one, one, it was like the first uncharted where guys took way too many bullets and it kind of felt like you were shooting like a bunch of rubber bullets into a person in the first one. But in this one, it's, it's a lot more like, you know, one shot to the head or three shots to the body. And, They'll generally go down unless they're heavily armored, which there's a fair share of those guys I mean, do to mix things up. It's just it's more satisfying to shoot guys in this. It doesn't necessarily always feel easy to kill them, but it feels like you are doing the damage you should. Yeah. Um, and then the upgrade mechanic has been has been revamped in the sense that you can upgrade from anywhere at any time, which uh, is nice. And uh, the money you collect, whether through co-op or single player, all contributes. It's to like the on same an account, thing. basically. It's like it's sort of like in Diablo two. It's like um, a profile's would... account of money and the guns you've unlocked, yeah. and and uh, you get money at a rate that is vastly larger than you ever did in the first one. Like candy, I believe is the word. Yeah, like you don't using. even need to like in the first one. You know, you kind of committed yourself to a gun. In this one, you're like, I know I dropped like almost three hundred thousand dollars in this gun, but whatever. I'll just move on to a new one. <laughs> um, we can only talk about the first two levels. I don't even know what those are. So I'm going to only speak in generalities. Uh, so the first level is is the sort of semi-tutorial thing where uh, you're in the streets of Shanghai, like after you land. Oh, yeah, that um, was pretty boring. Yeah, where that's the most awkward the game looks as far as the characters go because you see Rico and Salem without armor Rio. on. Rios. 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 Rios and Salem without armor. And uh, I think it's uh, Rios in particular looks freakish without his armor. He has a little bit longer of like... He has like really low shoulders and kind of a neck that builds up in and his, his head. And his shoulders are pressed super close into his body, and his arms sort of come out like penguin wings a little bit. Oh man! <laughs> it's because yeah, it's because they animated them to be wearing armor all the time, and so when they're not, it's like they built them to look like right with armor, and they look wrong without it. Yeah, because in reality, you know, when people wear armor and stuff, they look they look weird. Then, mm-hmm. like when you see a football player, they look weird mm-hmm. because that puts them out of proportion whereas they're actually pretty proportional with their armor on so um it's a better it's it looks a lot better than the first one too um Uh, right now everything looks more wet than the last game did yeah i mean that could just be that the unreal engine has been improved since then too that's absolutely what it is i'm sure but Um, i mean just as far as like art design and stuff it's a lot more visually interesting than the last one was yeah i think that's just because the environments are already way more varied even in the first two levels you know? Yeah, but even then they take like the office building and do something more interesting with it, and the, instead of it just being buildings, like it becomes, oh, well, these are buildings collapsing, and oh, we are running along what used to be the side of a building that collapsed into the side of the skyscraper. Um, yeah. Nice. Yeah. They, don't, they don't introduce you very well when you're playing single player to uh, how to do certain things, like co-op sniping or yeah, no. anything like that. It's just like, do co-op sniping, and you're like, what? How? Yeah, you Do know your sniping. You know what your training is for single player co-op. Yeah. So. Um, but I mean, so far I'm having fun with it, which is more than I thought that I would say about it. Um. I I don't know if we can talk about the multiplayer other than the co-op. Um, yeah, I don't think we're supposed to talk about multiplayer at this point, as far as I know. There are some weird 
design issues so far. Like, there's no subtitle option whatsoever in the game. Yeah. Like, there's no captions. I usually turn those on. I don't know about you, but I usually have them on. Even really, if even if I'm playing with audio, I don't because this is gonna sound really dumb. I don't like the dialogue. I I don't like the spo- the the spoilers. Even if it's like a few even seconds, even if it's a millisecond. Yeah, you know, like you'll you'll read the text and it'll be before they necessarily say it. I don't know. Yeah, no, I don't that's know. Fair. <laughs> It's a little you know weird, one thing that fair. I don't know, and this is going to sound like really lame too. But one thing that attracts me, the designer in me, to Army of Two, to what's it, the fortieth day, I <laughs> think it around that. So, uh, is is the whole aspect of uh of being able to like design your helmet or your armor in the multiplayer and shit, dude. I'd love to go and you do to an, well, you as far as I saw the design, you usually just picked pre made designs. There, I mean, it looks like there's a way to do it, but we couldn't figure it out and we didn't have a lot of time. We didn't spend nearly as much time in the multiplayer as we did with the single player. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I, it might not, it might not make it into the final game, but I'd seen like shots where it was almost like made. MS Paint style where you could do. Uh, you know the way they had the flame on the guy's helmet. Yeah, I, first, I would be amazed if there was that sort of editing on there. Only editing that would result in some Penises. horrible shit. That yeah, yeah, they wouldn't have anybody on their. Well, yeah, I know. But like I said, I, I, have seen, I have seen a screenshot of the of the UI of that work um, that working. But yeah, it's a lot more fun than the first one is. Even if the cover mechanic sucks. Yeah, the cover mechanic is bad. Uh-huh. Ouch! Yeah, in the sense that, like you know, in Gears of War. Or any other third-person shooter you, of merit. You run up and just hit A, you know, and it doesn't matter if you're standing or crouching. They take cover, and if you go to a left or the right edge of the cover you're on, they naturally peek around it. In this one, if you're facing with your gun barrel out to the left and you walk to the left cover, you'll peek out around it. If you're facing with your gun barrel to the left and you walk, you edge over to the right corner, you'll just back away from the cover. So you have to switch shoulders, and then it doesn't... When you attached to cover it doesn't automatically crouch behind it yeah like, like it just sort of attaches you and you either have to stand or crouch on your own yeah you know yeah. instead of just being like when you shoot you then stand from a low mm-hmm. cover there's none right. of that it's, yeah it wants you to actively do it um and i just feel like that that feels a little bit backwards from a way that a lot of third person shooting games have mm-hmm. done it I mean, yeah, I mean, I, you know, I can think back to when I was playing a lot of Gears, especially multiplayers. My instinct would always be to crouch as soon as I went into cover. But that would, you know, if it was like a wall that covered my whole body in full gears, standing, I would gears, still do you never, it. There is no real crouch. You know, in Gears, you just right, were running, you're running and you just held yeah. A and then A automatically brought you down. Except yeah. if you're running in this by holding down A and you're toward cover and tap it again, it will slide into cover the way it's supposed to. Yeah. But yeah, there are plenty of times that I I got hurt unnecessarily in that game because I would be like run to cover and I'm like I'm barely gonna make it with enough health and then I'd be like ah oh, shit I forgot to crouch immediately and then boof, down. So, but uh, I I mean we'll talk more about it. Single player, I did month. notice though that uh, when I was playing and I would get downed, it I never once had my my teammate successfully revive me. Really? Yeah, I don't know if that was me being out there too much, but he could never get to me <laughs> knowing your play style it might be the case man you might have been gung-ho <laughs> he, he could never get to me without dying and uh, <laughs> anthony gallegos is commando right he runs behind 13 salt 13 enemy soldiers why can't my party get to me <laughs> yeah maybe <laughs> uh yeah we'll we can we'll talk more about that next month once it comes out because yeah. again we both have to review it um and then the other game i am playing for a review that i can talk a little about a little bit about is bayonetta Bayonetta. Um, Bayonetta is Japan the game. When 
when I think of Bayonetta, I think Devil May Cry. Devil uh, May Cry accurate? with more accurate? boobies and insanity. Yeah, and also just a much better combat mechanic than Devil and May much, Cry has ever had. And much had. worse music. Also true. Um, <laughs> oh, there's a dude. lot of jazzy J-pop. Jazzy oh, or God. danceable J-pop. Yeah. Do like, not want. With a lot of winking and like gleaming and weird shit and... I I am not exaggerating when I say that I have I've had the disc in for about three and a half hours now, and out of that, at least an hour and fifteen minutes has been cutscenes. Yeah. Well, like they're they're yeah. this is the most cutscenes in the game. You could insert Metal this, Gear, and you'd be exactly. talking about the same. No, <laughs> I, I mean it's Japan. <laughs> I feel like Hideo uh, Kojima would look at this game and say, "There are an awful lot of cutscenes in this." <laughs> um. Fuck. Isn't it? And a, they're all com- like, at least Metal Gear was meandering toward a point. And it's, this is just completely stupid at every turn. Right. I can't imagine what the story would be. Oh, God. I don't. What is the story, Arthur? <laughs> I don't know what it is. Either. I don't think I'm far enough to know. Like, yeah. It's, like, I, you know, the, I walked and, in at one point and I saw Arthur fighting a giant statue with a baby face. And. Which is in the demo. J-pop going on and him shooting people with Basically, guns like those are feet. those are angels, like different choirs of angels, and the way that it works is like they'll have from a certain view you'll see the cherub face or the and then seraphim they have, like, face a demon or whatever. Face underneath it, right? And then they lift up their head and it's like some kind of animal thing. Mm. Um, which is their way of being edgy, uh, quote unquote. And in some sometimes the creature design is kind of cool, but in other times, oh, I it's, agree that it's it's insane. I mean, it's like it's the weirdest looking creatures. But and I mean, so far the problem with it is that the crux of the combat really comes down to uh, using the dodge move at the very last second before something hits you to initiate witch time, which is when the screen turns sort of purple and you can and everything slows down. Can you kiss everyone till they die. No, no kissing uh, that I've seen. You do air kisses occasionally before you do your giant hair dog. Um, I'm not making that up. Right. If you've seen the demo, you know what I'm talking yeah, about, your I, giant I hair dog. Um, I've seen screenshots. But eventually, so far, it's gotten to a point at times where it's really hard to see if something's about to attack me because there's so much shit going on on screen. Um, and there are parts so far where the game just looks so bad, like in cutscenes, and, and it's distracting. Like, to the point where a lot of them look like cutscenes from the first mm. Ninja Gaiden on Xbox. Not on Nintendo. It doesn't look that bad. Well, no, I mean, even, uh, I mean, you could just say cutscene Ninja Gaiden, even next-gen ones in my eyes roll. That's a good point. Dude, I, I swear, dude, I popped in Ninja Gaiden 2, watched about, like, two minutes of the story, and I was like, this is the dumbest shit I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you can pause <laughs> cutscenes in Bayonetta, thankfully, which is good. Um, all that being said, the combat does have a good core to it right like the mechanics are very solid um mm-hmm. the combos work well insane when i watched you do it well i mean but it for me it's controlled chaos because i have a pretty good idea of what i'm doing um, okay yeah i was gonna say because like one second i'd watch you you were hitting people and all of a sudden you were spinning in a circle and your boots were shooting everywhere and it was like What's yeah i mean on? like you've got guns attached to your feet <laughs> we're throwing things at anthony's cat before she attacks mine uh 
like she's got guns attached to her feet and guns in her hands. So basically, she'll be firing. Fo- she'll be break dancing with bullets coming off of every limb. <laughs> Which hey, you know, I, I mean hey, the, if you can pull it off, Japan, right? You know? I Japan. This is the most Japanese game I have seen since I played till like Valkyria it was like a, Chronicles. It was like a, a point of national pride for Famitsu to give it a perfect score. <laughs> like how can we not? There might as well be Japanese flags everywhere. Yeah. Um. But yeah, like I said, the there there is a core mechanic there that is good, that is really fun, um, that is much more fun than any any time I ever spent with Devil May Cry. I just don't um, see how they that game is expected to like perform here in the states, like like a female lead character like that, that with all this insane shit going on and J pop music, and even when you see like the cover of the retail game, it's just like her and the word bayonetta. Have you heard of boobies? I guess, yeah. <laughs> She, it's like, it's also at times it's Japanese objectification of women, the game. Um, cause Bayonetta is just such a ridiculous I mean, caricature of a leather. woman. Except she, it, except it's not made leather. of her hair. Yeah, exactly. Like leather. the better you're doing, the less clothing she's wearing. Basically like that's how, you know, you're doing it right because but she you will never become more and more nudity. Naked. No, you never see, you never get nipples. They never take it to saboteur town. Um, weak. Yeah, well, and there's there's an upgrade mechanic to it in the store and all that stuff and little mini games here and there. Um, there's a weird arcade mini game where you're it's like a first person view thing where you're shooting floating enemies for points. What are you shooting them with? Uh, a gun. Okay, well, cause... I wasn't sure. Fuck, don't look at me like I'm asking the same question. Right? What <laughs> gun? Be... Well, she's got four of them. I know, but Bayonetta, for, all, what I know, for all I know, you're shooting them with your hair or, or <laughs> the lasers out of your eyeballs. Bullets from your nipples. You, you could literally tell me bullets from your nipples, and I would probably believe you with Bayonetta. You, well, you'd probably ask. You'd ask me to confirm this. That, co- that, that costume's coming with the DLC. Because um, that is the insane <laughs> game ever. Uh, so... It, this is another sort of Japanese thing that Ninja Gaiden had this problem where there's no inverting the sticks for for first person shooter control and that and that kinda bummed me out. But Ouch. I'm having fun with it when I am playing it. When I am watching it, I am waiting for the cutscene to be over. And I have spent a lot of time waiting for cutscenes to be over so far. Mm. Um I am not through chapter four yet. Um so I still have a long way to go. A long Long way to go. I know when Devil May Four, uh, Devil, Devil May, May Four, <laughs> Devil, Devil May, Cry. May Cry Four came out. It got a lot of um, it got a lot of criticism because the general game design was sort of archaic. In other mm-hmm. words, like you know, like the way it would deal with like finding keys or the way they would send you through a lot of the environments twice, or whatever. How is the general like level progression in this? Is it just like arena fights? Uh, it's extraordinarily linear, linear with some puzzle moments here and there. Um. Like there's a, there are these statues that you activate um, that will shoot a lightning bolt down toward you, like which will damage you. Except the point is that you're supposed to dodge it to activate witch time mm. as a like a, a platforming puzzle type thing. Um, so today I got stuck on one for a little while before I realized that what I was supposed to do is activate the statue and then a timer counts down for for me to activate the lightning. So basically, I'd activate this thing, activate the timer, run over to this wall I'm supposed to beat the shit out of while time is stopped, and then activate the lightning and dodge it so that I would have enough time to destroy this wall. Um, So that's the most complicated puzzle so far, but there has been a point where I had to explore a little side tunnel, get a key, and then bring it back up to a door. 
but usually progressing involves hitting things. Right, until <laughs> a door opens. Should. Yeah, as it should. You know, like America. The um. game. <laughs> uh, other than that, I've, I think that's it, honestly. I, I'm tired. I can tell. Bayonetta. I can tell you're just tired. Um, been play. I played the Zombie Island of Doctor Ned. Zed. Ned. 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 Zed's the one in the normal game. Zed's the completely unrelated scientist who looks nothing like Ned. Yeah, they do a really good job of keeping the especially. I mean, the whole game's tongue in cheek in Borderlands, but the Zombie Island of Doctor Ned is really, really tongue in cheek. Yeah, I think once you see a fucking mustache paste to a surgical mask, you know what game you're playing. Right, <laughs> and like a. It's it that is a, I don't know how much that is ten bucks I want to say I think it's ten bucks I think it's ten uh, that it's a is lot a of substantial content. piece of content for uh, ten dollars really um, that's cool like yeah, just data wise it, it's a third the size of the install of the game it's a it's about a oh, I don't know an hour like the main quest probably takes about if you're pushing it and I'm also a soldier who can push pretty hard it took me about like three and a half hours probably to do the main quest. And there are a ton of side quests as well. So the total time spent there, I probably spent another five or six hours. You know, that's hmm. like that's a pretty substantial amount yeah, of content. That's a pretty good return on investment. Bucks, yeah. That's around Fallout three DLC levels of Definitely. And not just that, but it's not just like it's not just thrown together, right? Not just like random quests. I mean, this is like stuff with like full voice dialogue, full character introductions, the way like they do it the really stylized way that they did it. Cool. You know? Yeah. And the quests are really cool. It's 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 definitely like a Halloween type treat because it's like you're dealing with like werewolf type characters and, oh, and it's fun. a completely separate area too so there's that right it's completely unrelated to the other game there's like no no consequence in the other world you know and i don't know you get some good loot out of it i need to spend some more time playing through that i never got to see any were skags yeah you see were skags which are like werewolves um except skags so yeah it's it's a i thought that that was <clears throat> probably i mean i it, it had the same effect actually that borderlands had for me which is where i started playing and i wasn't into it like even when I first started playing Borderlands, I wasn't that into it. But then around like level ten, or like in this case, uh, about an hour in, all of a sudden it clicked, and I really liked it. Because at first I really hated fighting zombies in the Zombie Island of Doctor Ned, because it was like all they do is come straight at you, mm-hmm. and they were way too simple. And I don't know, they, they you know it was just like off-putting to fight things that never tried to shoot at me. But they do a really good job of spawning some behind you too. Like that come out of the ground or come out from holes, the little tiny holes that they crawl out of and then stand. That eventually, especially in parts that you do that are in like a city environment, they do like a really good job of uh, of making you feel surrounded a lot. So all of a sudden you'll be like doing really well, and one hit from a zombie will take away all your shields immediately. So you're just like wham, and all of a sudden you're like what? And it's right behind you, and there's like five there and five here, and all of a sudden you're like you know on the oh shit patrol. So <laughs> the zombies are. Are a, That's a, not a fun patrol to be on. A cool little side quest. That being said, there's a supposedly a quest to get turn in zombie brains that I never got. Ever. Oh, really? So I don't know. If did I you go? Did you go back to the the boards? Yeah, the board is now red, as in I can't get any more quests from it. Huh? So I don't know if I fucked something up or what. Uh, did I'm something out sure of you order? Something up. So I, I never got to turn in any zombie brains, and I collected thousands. So. Um, yeah, I played that, and then I played uh, some Heroes of Might and Magic for DS, which is a pretty cool game. Just came out. Um, so and Heroes of Might and Magic on DS is not Heroes of Might. Quest. Well, and it's also not Heroes of Might and Magic in the traditional like Heroes of Might and Magic RPG sense that it's Wasn't, been. Is it? 
Clash of Might and Magic Heroes. Is that what it's called? No, I think it's... Let me see. Uh, talk for a sec. This is... You know what, what kinds of letters I got about 8 million of this week, Tyler? What's that? Letters from guys going bald. We oh, opened great. Pandora's box of male pattern baldness. It's called... Uh, cool. It's called Might and Magic, which is an old franchise, isn't it? Might and Magic? Yeah. You pained me asking that question. No, but I was yes. fucking with you. Might and Magic, sorry. Might and Magic, Clash of Heroes. And so it, when you see the cover is awful, by the way. Let me see this. Oh, um, yeah, that's weird because there. I think there's a series called Clash of Might and Magic and there's Might and Magic Heroes. I think that's why I'm so getting... So Might and Magic, Clash of Heroes. That's, I'm getting fucked up. That's why I'm asking him. I feel like I'm having a really big brain fart. That's why I'm like, is Might and Magic an old franchise? I know it is, but there's also Might and Magic... Tyler. I forget. Anyways, uh, the cover's awful when you see it. Like, I could, If you go in the store and you see this, you'll be like, man, this game looks awful. But I'm telling you, play it and it's like a... It is a color matching game, like a puzzle quest, but it's a, it's only random in the sense that when you first start, all your units that you deploy onto the battlefield have colors, and so when you deploy them, they all fall like Tetris blocks all at once, and then they end up in random groupings, and then you have to either like slot them left or right or make them disappear temporarily so that they all come together. And coming together in groups of threes is what does an attack. If they're stacked vertically, they'll do an attack. If they're stacked horizontally, they'll make a defensive wall. And so it's just doing all these things and utilizing the fact that each turn you only have so many moves before they take all their moves. And it's 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 a it's pretty intense strategy that goes into it. Much more so than Puzzle Quest, where you're just matching colors. You know, Puzzle Quest you had spells and stuff too, but this game has spells as well. Jesus. And it has a substantially better story, even off the first hour and a half I've played, than Puzzle Quest ever had. You know, because Puzzle Quest, the story was like so inconsequential. Mm -hmm. And this, it is very story-driven. So, it's actually a really cool game. It makes me sad because uh, in the scheme of things, we didn't review that on GameSpy. And we didn't consider it in our Game of the Year for DS considerations because, you know, nobody Sort of under the radar. So... And that has already been decided at this point. Uh, but but um, it, yeah, look, it looks cool, you know. I was it looks checking like it out a Japanese the back. fucking RPG. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the the it, it your, does your, the, your the, the the way that they're sprited, mm-hmm. the sprites are done, and the way that the characters look like in the like stat the screen and stuff. Heads. They look yeah. like Final Fantasy. Yeah, they do. Um, characters it is developed by one of the greatest name developers around, which is Capybara Studios, I believe. Yeah, it actually shows a picture <laughs> yeah. of a Capybara. Okay, Capybara. They they're the ones who did. I've, I've, Man, I did but yeah, it is it is a uh, a really cool game. I actually like that's been like getting a lot of buzz in the IGN offices because people have been interested in checking it out, and because it's got a poll quote on the front from IGN. Well, but yeah, that's not. <laughs> I think that might be why we got maybe extra copies sent to IGN. But uh, yeah, it's it's actually a really a cool game that I would recommend people checking out. Like, you know, you can't rent it, but I think if you liked Puzzle Quest and you like kind of turn based color matching strategy puzzle game you might if you're interested in, in imagine might and magic yeah so it, it is really cool I, I don't think that people would be disappointed does it make me a bad person that i kind of wish that i could just download it on xbox live and get some achievements with it would be a cool xbox live game really i mean yeah. it would or a WiiWare game mm-hmm. both of those would be cool venues for it have you played multiplayer yet because it does have single card download play oh really no i haven't tried multiplayer yet. Well, according oh, to the shit. instruction book what it does Single card multiplayer play is uh, also a nice thing because that is really rare these days. Mm-hmm. Most DS games that are trying to push it technologically, they do not allow for single card play. Most DS games that would like to sell more than one copy. So yeah, um, but yeah, that's a really cool game that I've been checking out. Um, I've also been playing 
don't know if I talked about it. Did I talk to you about Bookworm on DS? No, I talked about that last. We talked about this last. Yeah, week? you brought up a little bit. Yeah, well, but... when I talked about it in the car, you asked me if I was going to talk about it for the show. Oh well. And and for some reason that made me think that I hadn't. But yeah, I mean, I talked about it. So I've been playing more of that, and Mario March of the Minis, some more, you know, just some more DSI, where, um, and then. Uh, I also have been playing Army 2, which we talked about. Mm-hmm. And, I'm playing um, Darksiders, but I can't talk about that just yet, unfortunately. Um, Pixel Junk Shooter. You oh, yeah, I played that. Pixel Junk Shooter. Yeah, I reviewed that. That was Dude, since last week. the fuck out of that this weekend. It's really not that long of a game. Total to beat it is probably like less than three hours, really. You were playing that for a lot longer than three hours. Well, I stopped for a large chunk of that for quite a while to play something else. Um, and I ended up having to go back because if you're... You can beat it in three hours, no problem, if you pay a lot of attention and collect, like, gems in the game. But I didn't collect enough gems, so when I got to the last level, I couldn't unlock it because I hadn't been good enough about collecting all those mm-hmm. gems. Because I did not understand for the longest time that they were, like, gonna. I was going to need so many of them to unlock the final level. So I was only kind of grabbing them if I saw them. I wasn't actively seeking them out. Um, but yeah, the Pixel Junk Shooter, it's like a... It's weird that they call it a shooter, because as a shooter, I think that that game's only mediocre. Like, it's not like a crazy bullet hell game. You know, it's like a 2D game where you're flying around, and it's dual stick in the sense that one stick aims, one stick flies. But to shoot, it's still pulling the trigger. You know, it's not like it's just you hold the direction and it fires in that direction. It kind of reminds me of, there's this Genesis game, like, near the end of the Genesis lifespan called Subterranea. I never played it, but that Um, wouldn't surprise me. I mean, this is all about being underground. And I feel like Subterranea had a developer for it that became super famous. But uh... The reason you don't want to shoot in this all the time, and that's why you pull the trigger, is because uh, you want to save guys too. So you have like a grappling hook that allows you to grab guys. Mm. Um, and so shooting is pretty much just a mechanic to do two things. Either kill the occasional enemy or to very fuck with the environment to cause things to happen. So like if there's like a, a bunch of lava you need to get through chances are there's probably like a wedge of dirt blocking like water that you could shoot out the dirt and now the water will rain down and cool the dirt i mean cool the lava into like dirt you can shoot through Mm -hmm. or like in later levels there might be ice so you might need to free lava to melt like a path through the ice Mm -hmm. Um, man this game sounds so cool or there's like magnetic oil looking liquid and so uh you will get like a magnetic suit that makes all the oil like go away from you so you'll be just like going through oil flows and there's like this little circle right. clear path around you. Nice. And sometimes you'll have to use that magnetic suit to like push the oil into like a vat to fill it to activate a switch. Mm-hmm. So it's much more of like an environmental puzzle game than it is a shooter. Yeah. But that's what makes it so cool is working with all these various elements. And it's so weird because this game they had that contest to name it and they went with a, a generic name that's almost a, a, a mislabeling of the game. I, in a lot of ways I feel like it is a mislabeling of the game but but like, you know, pixel junk environmental puzzle game <laughs> horrible. Yeah. You know, I don't know what you would have called it, like pixel junk earth or something like that, but it's not about earth, but you are like always in the ground. Mm-hmm. You know, or if they call it like pixel junk elements to me it would have been better. That that's because... the one that I came up that that's the one that I thought was gonna win. I thought they're gonna call it pixel junk elements because it just Was that one of the like entries or something? Like I don't know. No, but uh, it's just because that's what that would make sense to me because you don't want like fire and water yeah yeah for sure gas yeah Yeah, i mean i saw you dealing with all that but i did see you shooting an awful lot yeah i mean you shoot at enemies and you shoot to blow out dirt to search for objects and stuff but you occasionally shoot the things you're trying to save yeah you accidentally shoot the guys you're trying to save a lot 
Okay, like so, and you can kill them then. You can kill them. Okay, so that's why they didn't want to give you the trigger happy. Exactly, point yeah, because <laughs> if you were just pointing, yeah, in, yeah. in which direction you're flying, you just constantly murder them. Um, as it is, you know, there are definitely times that the environment will try and kill them. So, like, you'll have to, like, shoot out a wedge of lava to, like, break ice to get to the guy. But at the same time, you'll have to, like, fly with the lava and grab him before the lava pools up enough to cook him. You know, oh, and there's no health in the game. The health is a heat bar. So, like, uh, if you fly too close to lava for too long, you'll die. So you have to be really careful and, uh, you know, manage your heat. So if you're getting really hot, you'll fly into some water to cool yourself off, you know. It's a super cool game. Mm-hmm. And uh, then it has all the signature amazing style, amazing music. It does look good, and the music is, is really good. It's really weird, too. Like, uh, you know, like, there's, like, it doesn't. it's not like it makes sense to the game, right? It's, like, a, it's good, but mm-hmm. it's... It's like yeah, there might be one time where you're like an underground level rescuing these scientists and there will be like this line that's like, if you're in the music industry and you do something, you're a sellout. And that's like the line it says in the background. You're like, what? Like, you know, it doesn't make any sense in the right. game, but yeah. it, it, it does sound really cool in the scheme of the music. Um, yeah, I think what was it? Ryan O'Donnell said that the that they actually got this group. I don't know if they were a German group or... It is done by somebody that's supposed to be one of Some sort of electronica group to yeah. do the music. Um that being said, the one thing that, like, to varying degrees, like, bothered people, most people just wrote it off because the game's so fun anyways, including me. I mean, ultimately, the game's super fun, but it is really short, you know, three hours long, and it does kind of feel like Ryan O'Donnell or Matt said, like, half a game, because when you beat the last boss, it just does, like, a to-be-continued, you're like, all right, you know, it's like, to-be-continued win. You know, <laughs> all the other Pixel Junk games weren't like that, where it was like a, like, it was going to go into another game mm-hmm, for so, sure yeah but how much is it it's 10 bucks i think do you feel like it's enough game for 10 dollars yeah i mean it's super fun dude that that sounds like enough game for 10 because especially playing it with another person changes things too i mean it's the same level layout but like for instance those levels were like i'm saying where you get like a magnetic suit so you have to like fly through the liquid and it's completely surrounding you yeah except for what's being pushed away they only give one suit during those times so the other person doesn't have it. So you just so have, you to, have f- to sit there and coordinate. Yeah, where they're like right flying like right nice. next to you. That's cool, man. So, see, dude, this game, and then I guess last week with Dan Shu really uh, telling me to check out Pixel Junk uh, Monsters. I think I'm finally gonna hook up my PS3 because I haven't hooked it up. You since should. I, I mean, the Pixel Junk games apartment. in general, with the exception of Racer, in my opinion, are good. Like, I didn't think Pixel Junk Racer was good. Yeah, that, yeah, that's one I remember people not being too. But Monster about. is, I mean, for especially for you, a person that loves tower defense I know. games. Monster and I is bought a great Eden. One. Like, why wouldn't I have bought? I yeah, I, I, in my mind, it's like shooter, monster, Eden, racer. Except there's a big gap between Eden and Racer. Like, right. I did not like Racer, but I thought Eden was pretty good. Um, and then, yeah, uh, beyond that. What did we say I was playing, Arthur? I thought we had another one, but I can't... No, I, I think like... that's it. Um, yeah. It's been a it's been a, a, a relatively slow time. I don't right know. We talked that, about a lot of fucking games. I saw that your boss was going to go see Bad Company 2 today. Yeah, there's a Bad mm. Company multiplayer event today. And there was a Mass Effect thing yesterday, too. Yeah, everyone got to play a few hours of Mass Effect. First 90 minutes, I understand. Yep. Dang. So, and Andy Eddie had nice things to say about it that I'm sure will be put up in a preview next week. Well, I can't imagine most everyone. I'm trying to imagine who the guy is that came back and he's like, there's this fucking company, Bioware, making this piece of shit Mass Effect. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I think that, I mean, it's certainly been possible that 
people have been given the chance to play a really anticipated game and it wasn't what they'd hoped. Yeah. Right. All right. Well, then uh, let's take a break and we'll come back. With, uh, Back to the Rebel FM short edition. Um, it's not even going to be short. You'll be a little shorter. This um, is the double wide 50. edition, remember? Well, the double, double wide, wide letters. letters. We gotta um, get. So we gotta get the Chris writes right. in. Excuse me, and he says, uh, "Just wondering, are there any genres that you outright don't like, or a popular series you have deep down gripes about? For me, I find racing games to be pretty lame, as I've kind of explained a lot of times. I'm just not good at them." I don't find much fun in retrying the same track again and again until you get first place or whatever. This guy's like touching on what we talked about a second mm-hmm. ago. Um, although I do quite like arcade-influenced racers such as Burnout and Outrun. Just wanted you guys to know I rode in, by the way. This is me. Oh, under, okay. Under Chris so that's under, what you were doing in the bathroom right now. Which is an arcade game. In terms of games, by the way, Anthony is awesome. Arthur sucks. Uh, no. <laughs> in terms of games, Call of Duty just seems to be one of the lamest games ever. I, I was actually looking over your shoulder as you wrote this email. I have tried to get into them, but find them boring and linear with little to no interesting AI, and the levels seem like they're designed to actually make you feel restricted. Can be good sometimes, but not here. So how about you, Anthony, Arthur, and Tyler? Um, games I don't outright, outright don't like. Uh, saying I don't like them is one thing. Uh, I don't enjoy fighting games. I am not good at fighting games. I do not have the ability to remember in my mind... Um, the combos very well at all i i just can't do it like when i'm under pressure and there needs to be like that split second where you got to be like down forward a i'm just like i fuck it up every which time which is funny to me because you record you memorize like the most obscure strategies and fucking tactics for company of heroes like instantly yeah just fighting games it just doesn't click i don't know and so i'm a button masher when it comes to fighting games and i mean i enjoy so you like soul caliber well yeah i enjoyed some mortal Kombat back in the day you know but i'm in general, like I appreciate the Street Fighter Four is a good game, but it I zero interest in it ever. Um, Tyler, um, it, it, a general yeah yeah so 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 I'll agree with Anthony on the fighting games and the racing game and sports games in general. But another thing that just like completely turns me off or like is stuff you were like describing in like Bayonetta, like that heavily Eastern influence game design just does not interest me one bit like and that could that could span a whole bunch of different genres you know action adventure games just anything rotten eastern design i really don't enjoy uh, although there is a certain brand of eastern games that i do like like nobi nobi naboy or uh, shadow of the colossus i love the more artistic sort of stuff but not the traditional um i have not enjoyed a 3d grand theft auto with the possible exception of some of Lost and Damned. Because yeah. I feel like it's all style over substance and that the mechanics have always been compromised and that I would rather have a more limited set of things that are done really well that I find fun as opposed to the quote-unquote opportunity to do whatever I want. I would rather have a more guided experience that is polished. Now that me and Arthur have sufficiently uh, 
alienated, like alienated or got or just invalidated our. I actually think on we everything. covered pretty much everything between the three of us. Yeah, uh, when I think about it. Oh. So you two hate Asia and I hate the UK. Yeah. So go America is what we're really <laughs> saying. Um. Yeah. Maybe if America made a fighting game. Uh, it's called I'm just kidding, God. <laughs> no, it's called Mortal Kombat. Britain, right? Brent, oh, Brenton dude. writes in, and don't I don't that. know that we're really gonna have any advice for him. I think not, because Brenton doesn't really ask a good enough question or give enough specifics. This he titles it relationship letter, but I just want to read it because it has a really funny uh, typo. Um, I had I have a little problem. I am currently trying to obtain a girlfriend at my high school and having some trouble. I tried to do this what, is not a treasure in Zelda. I tried to do hold on. I tried to do what everyone says of no trying too hard to get girls interested, but they don't seem to be taking the bait. I feel if I do try hard that they're usually adverse to it or I mess up. This is my favorite line, by the way, right here. I've had rendezvous with women, but mostly at parties. <laughs> <laughs> I guess my biggest problem is getting girls to stay around. Help? Come on. Who come on guys? I've had rendezvous with women. Why are you not laughing? How is Bevy for? I think I was I was inwardly chuckling a little bit earlier about that. I know trying. Uh, I've had rendezvous with women. I'm going to tell you that every time I meet a girl, I Arthur, have rendezvous with today I've, I've, would, I've had rendezvous with women. It's not just that it's worded incorrectly. It's like, why would you word it like that? Rendezvous. Rendezvous. And who no, calls him a woman? What? In high school. In high school. Maybe he's maybe hooking up with college girls. Maybe he's hooking up with the teachers. I've had rendezvous with women. <laughs> um, no, honestly, I don't know. That's such a you. Honestly, man, you didn't give us any details to be able to help. Yeah, we don't. We, we don't know really what you're doing. You should not general. be trying to find a girlfriend so you can say you have a girlfriend. Yeah. The end. Did I tell you? Did I did I mention it last time about the letter that I got? that I think we got from somebody saying that they found it funny that two guys without girlfriends were giving relationship advice to people who wrote in. <laughs> and I actually, that was one of the, the few emails that I was like, you know what, I'm going to take the time to respond to this one and simply say that just because not all of us talk about our romantic lives on the podcast does not mean we don't have them. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, I, uh, I, I did talk about it on GFW Radio, but, uh, even outside of GFW, there was a couple other instances that I never talked about. So, um, yeah, I don't know. I, I, I share a lot of really embarrassing details, but I generally try not to share the embarrassing details about the other person unless I feel like it's okay. Occasionally, so. people I have dated have listened to this podcast, and that is a can of worms that I would prefer to leave closed. Yeah, anybody you date, you should just not let them listen to this podcast. Actively restrict them. Chain them to the floor. They do a fucking Google search for my name because that is what people do now. Ugh, so gross. Or I'm—it's not that they like. Oh, that's your name. Type, type, type. It's like, yeah, I do a podcast. Like because this fucking podcast takes up an awful lot of my time. What do you mean you can't hang out date these days and these days? Oh well, I sit around in a living room with a bunch of assholes the, and talk about video games. What the fuck for ever? You can't. Hours. You can't. You can't hang around this day or this day. Everyone has commitments like that. Probably these same people are like. I can't hang out this day and this day because it's my gym time. Oh, what the fuck? This is your this is like your gym time, all right? Um, That's depressing. Scott Scott writes in, in the size and he starts off, he starts <laughs> off with kind of a dirty part, but then he actually has a real question. Um, so could you skip the dirty part? And go hey guys, I'm working my way through the backlog. No, and I just listened to number thirty nine, <laughs> and I heard Anthony say that the show was sponsored by Meat Spin. 
I was wondering if you guys have ever heard of this is another site though I want to see, I want to check it out phonetrace.org. Whoa. It's an awesome way to prank people to seeing meat spin because it starts off as a website that says you can find yourself on a Google map by tracing your cell phone number. And it then it zooms in on the map and just when it looks like it's going to zoom in all the way it changes to the meat spin video. It's a great way to fuck with your friends even if they have already been to the meat spin unless you're one of the tens of thousands of people who listen to this podcast in which case the jig is up oh i just want these people to go and use it on yeah use people. it on, I, I, I just want, I've I just never want to even seen that you want, you want to start your own video. project mayhem um so yeah so he, he says on another note i was wondering if you guys have any guilting guilty pleasure games that are a little embarrassing he also says that when he envisions tyler in his mind's eye he thinks of the physicist named dan on lost that means nothing to Anthony and I. <laughs> no, but I figured that might mean something to you. I know exactly who he's talking about. That's hey man, it's a compliment. It's the it's a uh, it's Opum from Saving Private Ryan. Oh, oh, um, I could actually see that resemblance now that I think Johnny about it. Johnny on the spot. Um, so guilty pleasure games. Anybody? Killer Instinct. How is that a guilty pleasure? That there are a lot of people that awesome. shit all over that game. Well. There are a lot of people that de- defend fucking way worse games. And I also think instinct. that Shadows of the Empire for 64 is good. Yeah, okay, I, that I, I think guilty. that too. I, I people it's not good. I like if it. you went if you went back in time for when that game came out and you sat down in front and that's dude you you couldn't I find a better 3D game. action game. I beat it multiple times and it was my only 64 game at the time, but still, it was a good game. Um, but yeah, but, beyond that, I don't. I, I mean, I don't, I don't generally feel guilty about. Yeah, that. that's the thing is like I like games like Viva Pinata. I like a lot of cutesy shit, yeah. but I don't, I don't feel guilty about any of that. You know, I, I love those games. I mean, I, I played all the way through Kane and Lynch, but I would hardly call that a pleasure for a lot of it. Hmm. Um, um, if anything, I mean, I would, I, my guilty pleasures would come from like music or stuff yeah, like exactly. That. I, I mean, as far as games go, a lot of the. I I actually take pride in the fact that I have a really diverse taste and that I'm mm-hmm. not going to just okay. hit on something. Tyler, being what's cute. your what's a guilty music pleasure? Um, so again, I'm not. I'm sure you don't really feel that guilty. It, yeah, I don't feel that really guilty. But I know sometimes when I say that, like, pleasure. I know when I tell people that, like, I love Kanye. That that could sound weird. I like that, Lady that, Gaga. That I really like Kanye's there music. You go. Lady and Gaga. More, more bigger one though, Abba. I will rock some fucking Abba. <laughs> if that's your most embarrassing I'm not gonna say mine Oh come on I like I like a lot of embarrassing music I mean I'm just naming a couple That appear off the top of my head For whatever um, reason But I mean I like a lot of I like I don't, Shit I like Fuck I'll say I like Fall Out Boy I like pop music I like crappy pop music Um, And I acknowledge it's crappy And I still like it I will actually give you two I will give you my guiltiest concert attendance Oh that's a good one <laughs> And And probably the guiltiest CD that's on my computer. Concert attendance. Now I haven't, I haven't attended any guilty concerts, but I'm what is it like when he hit Houston. What am I about to hear? I've seen Creed in concert. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> Do you want to know who opened up for Creed? Who? Think about the worst band you could think of to open up for Creed. Lit. I actually don't have a problem with Lit. You know who I? I mean, I was just, I don't know, I was pulling something out of my ass. Uh, I can't even think of who would be who would be opening for Creed that would be that bad. Uh, wait, wait, wait! Give me, give me one more oh. guess. Who? Oh. Who? Guess, guess. You didn't hear him guess. Uh, three doors down. Oh no! I never saw three doors down. <laughs> no, but he, it was Nickelback. Oh fuck! <laughs> but you know who was opening before them was Seven Dust, and I actually don't. And so the, the, maybe the really maybe the like guiltiest concert I've been to, which I'm not guilty of the second band. But that was for Creed's first record. That uh, was my defense. Who, what was their name? They came to UC Davis. 
Why can't I think of what they're called right now? It's driving me insane. Fuel? I like Fuel. Oh, yeah, it's Fuel. So I feel like Fuel writes really good Fuel, pop Fuel was the headliner, songs. yeah, and I liked them, but Saliva was the band uh, that opened for them, and that was ooh. that was something else. Dude. And then the album that I probably feel the most sheepish about when it comes on and I keep listening to it is Evanescence's album. Well, oh. the, I, one of the old, old albums I used to rock when I was a little kid was... Uh, no, this was is like Ninja last Turtles, week. Was Ninja Turtles coming out of their shells? <laughs> well, that doesn't count. That doesn't count. Yeah. Um. Yeah. But and yeah, no one will ever respect my opinion again. <laughs> Creed and Nickelback together. Whew. Man, that was were, before. Why did you go to see that? Was there a girl involved? Uh, I did go and see it with my girlfriend at the time, actually. But this is during Creed's first album, and I don't actually. Whatever. I feel. No, like I mean, no, there was Creed's a lot of people that enjoyed good. that. Yeah, but it's just since then. All you motherfuckers that hate on Creed, like that first and second record sold like millions and millions of copies. Yeah, that guy's just been doing blow ever since. Um, but I think it was mostly because Seven Dust was opening, and I really liked Seven Dust, and I still like Seven Dust, although... You feel like well, I specifically saw because they came to UC Davis, and I had to walk like three blocks from my dorm. Mm. So I saw AFI and Nine Inch Nails. Yeah, I remember when they came to school as well, and I was like, nah. I'm not going to wait for fucking tickets like everyone else. There was, it was ridiculous. Nine Inch Nails? I just bought AFI tickets like that. Nine Inch Nails tickets, I definitely had to freeze my fucking ass yeah, off. Yeah, I just I Man, dude, that. I've never seen them live. I really want to, though. Like uh, That ship has sailed, my friend. I know, I know. I know. Hey, and Tyler, like, actually... Of all the cables not... for you to play with on the MacBook, that's probably the worst. Yeah. Um, and, and, you know, like, I really missed out on the ultimate one, like, when The Fragile came out. Like, that's my favorite Nine Inch Nails album is The Fragile. And that album, the tour. Um, they toured with Foo Fighters. They also toured with the Perfect Circle on that tour. Yes, they did as well. So, damn, that would have been the one. So, have you guys, um, Damien wrote into us. Are you happy we talked about music, assholes? Damien wrote into us, but he's not the only person that wrote into us about this. But oh, um, no, no, this is actually like not criticizing us or bashing on us. Uh, really? Yeah, he. he That's just, the I think people seem to agree. He on. just says. Uh, uh, I'm sure that you guys have heard of the crazy, crazy politics that us Aussies are having to put up with when it comes to yes. video games. It's one guy. Regarding the lack of an 18 plus rating. One guy. So basically, it says this is what he says. So I, I'm not super versed in it because I have not been reading the gaming blogs or anything lately at all. Um, I do so every basi- day. I know you do. I have to now. So basically, the Australian government is slowly realizing that people above the age of 18 actually do play video games and that they might need to change the ratings. They're holding a public consultation about the R18 plus rating, so basically us here gamers need to speak up. It would be fantastic if you could spread the word on the podcast. I know from listening to past letter segments that you do have an Australian audience, and I really think we need everyone we can get to make a submission to the government. The full discussion paper and submission forms can be found at www.ag.gov.au slash games classification. And the reason I will bring that up is because we do have an Australian audience. We are one of, uh, on iTunes, Australia's like top podcast of 2009. So Nice. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I've actually been reporting on this story at GameSpy. And uh, yeah, it's like a website. Like They want they want to hear from people on both sides. Uh, you know, they, they want to hear for and against. So what's at stake? Is that is that all these games that are being banned, they could potentially get, but they would be marked as a new what rating is, of 18 What is plus? at stake is the allowance of the R plus 18 rating. Right, which would allow games like Left 4 Dead and these other ones that get banned to be sold to people that are 18 mm-hmm. or older. Yes. Um, unfortunately, my admittedly basic understanding of the Australian Constitution 
leads me to believe that this will do nothing because there are six attorney generals in Australia that are like against it that no um basically they all have to agree to change that ruling all of them together uh yes and five of them are absolutely of the opinion that it needs to change and one of them refuses uh repeatedly and it needs a hundred percent unanimous yes oh that is balls yeah it's almost like the government in california um so let's see I'm looking for that one didn't have a question. I opened it because I'm just going down the list. Um, all right. So you Did don't it, have a guilty concert attendance? You know, I, I mean, I was thinking back a lot, but you no, didn't see, man. Like, Bobby Brown. My first concert was fucking Primus and Helmet, dude. Like my first concert <laughs> was L7 and Marilyn Manson. Nice. When I was that's 13. a good one too, man. That concert was that was fucking trial by fire. Yeah. That shit. Manson is good live, man. I'm I'm not a Manson fan at all. I don't own his albums, but every time I've seen him live, I've been entertained. That was the Antichrist Superstore tour. Ah, cool. Or wait, okay. I was, ooh, I was this is 14? a. Uh, this is from Dammy. Oh, that guy. Yeah. Hi, Dammy. But he wrote. He writes in specifically to you. Oh, jeez. No, it's not bad. He's uh, he actually says in his letter, you know, he's always the Nigerian gamer, but now he says from Lagos, Nigeria, currently in Lynchburg, Virginia. Isn't that like an unfortunately named place? Lynchburg? Especially if you're... <laughs> a Nigerian? Uh, yeah. I imagine you're quite black. And you're, in a, and you're in a town called Lynchburg. I do imagine that its skin is very dark. Virginia. I really wish you hadn't said quite black. <laughs> yeah, that Continue, would sir. make me nervous. I don't mean to mean that in a racist way. No, I know you don't. I just mean that, yeah, that's a good thing. Fuck, man. Tyler wishes he was black. Um... <laughs> <laughs> Some days. Uh, I'm going to have to edit all this out. <laughs> you don't. You don't have to edit it out. You really don't. So no. what is Dammy doing in Lynchburg, Virginia? Um, God. <laughs> now you just made me... Whenever Arthur talks about the, the uh, I got to edit button, it makes me nervous. Like No, no, it's like, fine. Like, I done fucked up. <laughs> so, you done fucked up, boy, but uh, keep reading. Every once in a while, I'm reminded... God damn, this restart later Windows bullshit. Uh, everyone's am I reminded by the fact that Arthur is a fellow Zune owner. Since my original 30 gigabyte first gen Zune is succumbing to multiple static provoked restarts, huh. I'm finally going to make the jump to a Zune HD. I was just wondering if Arthur has also made the jump or if he plans to. Also, with the HD having a pretty powerful NVIDIA Tegra processor, I'm excited for it as a gaming platform. Although thus far this selection is rather limited, there are some pretty good games available. Uh, and then he concludes by saying, Do you think that the strategy of free games with pre-roll ads that Microsoft is currently pushing with the Zune is a viable one? Um, the, a viable one of must they op- or must they open the development floodgates to make the very capable Zune HD a competitor in the iPod Touch gaming space? So um, that's mainly directed to you. So I'll answer those backwards. First of all, no. I don't think it's a viable business model because there are not enough Zune selling to get those ads in front of enough people for it to be worth it. Um, I have not upgraded to a Zune HD for two reasons other than until recently I was unemployed. Um First of all, I ha- I also have a Zune 30, which I am having no problems with whatsoever. And there's no point in me spending that much money for an MP3 player that only has 2 gigs more storage when I already have about 80 gigs of music that I can't fit onto my existing Zune, um, in addition to the 30 that's on there. 
And also, I go running with my MP3 player, and from what I understand, the controls are swipe-based entirely, and that's not... Like, it's really hard to swipe a control on an MP3 player when you're running, which is why people use, like, iPod, iPod shuffles, shuffles and shit that have physical buttons. Yeah. Um, where it, it, my Zune has physical buttons, so I can navigate that not to mention the shuffle just like clips to your sleeve Mm -hmm. or whatever yeah i mean none Um, of that's a problem but also i mean i just yeah so i couldn't really run with it and it doesn't have enough storage space to justify the expenditure but there's definitely the whore in me i mean the whore in me even wants one just because it's like there are games on it i'll buy and i mean (laughs) i i would love if they sold a high capacity one because that would finally convince me to what would be high capacity to you like they have 120 gig zooms so 120 gig or more yeah. is like what you're looking for? Okay. Um, Which is a lot, I admit. That's way more than most people will ever need. So Jocelyn writes in and she says, I just wanted to say that while I love PopCap games myself, I feel like I have to point out that I, that I feel like they should start realizing that they don't sell only to casual gamers. And the fact that their games only support 4.3 and are extremely ro- low res with no option to change them is kind of getting annoying, at least on the PC side. Doesn't I feel like Plants vs Zombies, Zombies fills out my whole screen? Yeah, it had had decent resolution options, um, and 3D acceleration too. Actually, uh, yeah. So I'm not sure. I know it. I know it I could think... sound like I'm expecting too much from their games, but if they're still selling for 15 bucks, and even smaller games like Osmos support widescreen and custom resolution. Anyways, I just wanted to point out what nobody ever talks about. PopCap should consider crafting their games, knowing that they sell to a lot more hardcore gamers yeah maybe they changed with zombies i i I haven't played peggle on the pc so i don't i don't even know i i always thought peggle filled my screen too you well you had a uh a square or a four three monitor until i've played it on this though too and this is technically a wide like the the Uh, dimensions on this meaning his netbook netbook that he's reading off of but uh um i mean i i think that you are discounting their strategy which is to be as accessible as possible right means, i guess she's just saying that why can't they be accessible while at the same time giving her the option to run it all beautiful if she's that type of person I, again i feel like plants vs zombies filled up my 24 inch 16 by 9 monitor just fine mm-hmm. i agree so i don't know maybe she's playing older ones like bejeweled maybe. Yeah. or something um i mean that's a common complaint with pc games until fairly recently i i don't remember if there's a adequate widescreen option in say fear on pc so hmm. um, like there wasn't even an adequate 4.3 option in fear it was like 1024 by 9 or 1280 by 960 or something like that that means nothing to me i only know the resolution for 720p and the native resolution of my monitor which is 1400 by 900 yeah so why i know the native resolution of his monitor is anyone's guess um gary writes in and he says i was hoping to make this letter short so if it turns into a lengthy letter which it didn't Feel free to edit as you see fit. Too um, long, didn't read. And he said, in my head, I hear Arthur interrupting Anthony and saying, oh, we will. <laughs> That's pretty <laughs> you were close. close. He was close. You were close. When writing an article or review, what sort of events or emotions do you experience before it goes live? Are you ever cautious or worried that some reader is going to point out a major flaw in your writing style or a factual error? <laughs> yeah. uh, have you ever thought to yourself... Funny you should mention that. Have you ever... Th- no, he doesn't say that. I added that. I know. Um, Funny you should mention Have that. you ever thought to yourself, I'm just some guy. Why would they ever want to read my writings? What do I really know about games? 
Also, since most of the game sites out there make a big deal about promoting their staff with writer blogs or profile pages, not GameSpy, have you found out troublesome that someone has so much access to you as a person without ever meeting you or seeing face-to-face? The the whole having access to me, dude, I I don't have a private Facebook page, you know, so people can get access to... Fuck, you look up my name on YouTube and a fucking picture of Yaddle with a flush light comes up. I may be able to one-up you slightly. Someone sent me a link to my email of a thread on Gay Gamer that happened to have my picture in it. Oh. Oh, man. Well. Like, um, was it Which a, is fine. I, I mean, I'm not... Was it I'm a not, fan club thing? Like, It was... Was it people talking about wanting to do things to you? No, it was attractive guys in the gaming press was the thread, <laughs> if I recall correctly. All right. Aren't like they got put on? Asshole saying. Because <laughs> I'm not... I don't think I'm... Yeah. I don't think so either. So, dude, hey man, to I'm some folks, to some folks, yeah, some people like people that dudes that have heads that more closely resemble penises. I know. <laughs> 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 Just cut a gouge in it. Um, <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, the whole about do I what emotions or you know events do you experience before it goes live? Um, it depends what the game is. Like when I post Pixel Junk Shooter, I don't give it a second blink. Uh, when it comes to posting something like a review of Halo 3 ODST or a review of Uncharted 2 where I know that my score will be contentious even though it's ridiculous things that are really good or really bad I feel a little a little about really good is easy a lot of times well shit apparently not because it's Uncharted 2 I thought it was really good and it still wasn't good enough for people before my Uncharted my or before my Assassin's Creed 2 review went up I, I did remember thinking I really hope that I wasn't the only person that loved this game because then I will look like that guy uh, yeah. on my first day of work um, Saboteur I agonized over the score for a while I usually agonize over every score that's just the type of person mm-hmm. I am um, I we have a rubric at GameSpy, so I just sit there and I read it over and over again. Each what each one means, and I sit there and think about my text. Is there any game whose score you're still not sure of? Like after... there are games in hindsight. I think we've talked about this before. Where in hindsight, I feel like maybe I scored it higher than I would now. Um, you know, I don't feel like it holds up the same way. Why? Well, I don't mean how you feel the game would score now so much as. Back then, you should have given it a different score. Yeah, there are. Like, I kind of feel like I gave Saboteur too high of a score. Uh, I kind of feel like, well, I don't want to name games, but there has been a couple of games this year that I feel like I gave probably about half a star too much to. You have ODST too high a score? No, ODST is fine. That ODST is a four to me. That's a four out of five, great yeah, game. Yeah, it's a solid four. That's it's perfectly fine to me, but uh, it was it's actually a lesser game that I just... Felt like I scored too high. Um, Scribble notes. <laughs> uh, so he says, uh, you know, do you ever feel like that's that, uh, you know, I'm just some guy. Why would they ever want to read my writings? I felt like that when I first started at one up. But at this point, as ridiculous as it is in the scheme of things, I've been doing this for like almost three years now and worked at both one up and EGM and now for IGN Entertainment. And it's like between those two, in a lot of ways, I am a lot more experienced than a lot of people in a ways. And that's kind of ridiculous because people don't stick around. People have repeatedly brought you on to write as opposed to you just sticking it out somewhere for an extended period of time. Right. So, um, 
I feel pretty confident a lot of times as far as like me having an opinion. Um, and I have a lot of people who read my stuff before it goes up to make sure that I'm backing it up well. Um, sorry, dude, that's as close as it can get. That's fine. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I, I'm not too worried about people taking me seriously or not because honestly, most readers don't realize who actually works for the website anyways. Like when they were talking about uh, Ryan Scott's preview of Star Trek Online, they were like... You mean his review? Yeah, his review. His preview of Star Trek Online, they were like, who is this guy? Just some guy you paid randomly to write this preview for you? What a joke. And it's like, no, actually, Ryan Scott's been working in this for like seven years. I thought Ryan Scott's official title was Random Douche. Yeah, it's like, you know, it's it's ridiculous. So I, I people don't generally know who's staff and who's not, especially with a website like Team Xbox or uh, maybe Team Xbox because they have Team Talk, which helps. I think Team Xbox, they do just because there's only three of us. But like at GameSpy, people don't know who's a freelancer and who's not because we don't have any blog pages or anything like that. True. If you listen to our podcast, you might have an idea of that. GameSpy debriefings um, on GameSpy.com. GameSpy.com. Um, but uh, yeah, other than that, you really would have a hard way of knowing like who's staff. Did so, you put up the debriefing today? I did. It's up right now. New debriefings where you can hear us talking about a bunch of people's really rude comments to us. I picked a bunch of rude ones and sprung them on the people who wrote the articles while we were in there. So, I really need to listen to that. Um, yeah, the the actual podcast, if you want to know like a little taste of the Game Spready Briefings, the Game Spready Briefings is a really off-topic podcast a lot of times. It's very much just like general nerd conversation along with retro games a lot of times. But today started off with the comment thread that started in the Star Wars The Old Republic preview thread where people started talking about how the the example Gerald gave Gerald Valoria writer at GameSpy gave of the Jedi counselor class and the Jedi Knight and the differences between them and who in movies represented them people started arguing about how it was wrong like there's no fucking way that guy is a Jedi Knight when I believe Gerald's examples were provided to him by LucasArts by by Bioware the yeah. Bioware yeah the example he gives is Jedi, Jedi counselor who uses a lot of like force powers along with lightsabers but he's more of a mixed thing it's more like Obi Wan Whereas Qui-Gon is more of a Jedi Knight, like straight-up sword fighter. And people didn't Wait, think that was right. Is that backwards? No, it's not. That's what people kept thinking. But Obi-Wan does tend to win with a combination of force powers and lightsabers. Whereas Qui-Gon tends to be a pretty, you know... But I think the better example to me would be would be that a Jedi Knight would be like Mace Windu. You never see that dude use force powers. He just fucking wails on people. <laughs> right. And he goes out like a punk bitch. So... He does. Uh, yeah. So Nick writes in and he says... I'm looking for some advice, not with the relationship. I listen to podcasts a lot, and I've always wanted to start my own. Also, I moved away from my hometown, Boise, Idaho, just this summer, and I'm going back to visit my friends, perhaps for the last time in a long time this Christmas. Some of them agreed we should record a podcast together, mostly for posterity. Of course, I want it to sound good and all that, so I can look at, back on it without cringing. Do you guys have any tips about the technical side of podcasting, i.e. mics and accessories to use, how far people should be spaced from each other, and what I should do in post-processing? The weird thing is, is that if you're only going to do this once, why the hell are you worried about it? Uh, I would just buy like a a portable recorder and pass it around because if it's just for posterity, like even the crappy quality will almost probably be endearing in some way. I want to say for you sure, know? Yeah. but you can get a decent portable recorder, portable digital recorder for like sub hundred bucks. Also, you want to know a mic that works pretty well that most people have around a rock band mic. Yeah, I mean, if you that's you know you don't have to go super high tech unless this is something that you're going to then take back with you um, and start doing regularly if you're using legit mics pop shields are good yeah although some mics have really good 
they're pretty good with the stuff internally. The ones we have are really sensitive, which are MXL 2006s. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I don't know. I, I'm not sure what I would recommend for you. Right, yeah. Sounds a little... I, I think you should consider a portable option. Low tech. Because if you're going to go a non-portable option, then you need like a mixing board. And then you might need like, and then you would need a computer that you could run Audacity on to run it from like the mixing board to USB or FireWire. It gets really complicated. So if you're wanting to go more complicated, you know, I would just look up cheap portable podcasting. Like you can even Google that and you get some really good options, but I don't know. Yeah. You can even get good MXL mics like what we have, except USB versions of them that plug straight into the computer. So... I know that's what CheapED uses to record the Cheap Ass Gamer podcast. So yeah, as far as post-processing, Levelator is a decent program for working out the levels. Um, if you need it. I mean, I feel like I don't really You don't like... always need it if you get the levels right, but considering he doesn't know what he's doing, Levelator can help. Yeah. Um, you, want, you don't want the waveform to be big when you're recording. You just want it to be consistent, mm-hmm. by the way. Yeah, big waveforms were only important in like the super early days of digital recording from what I understand or something like and like and it was mostly important in analog more than anything that you were getting consistent like just under peaks so like you may notice that the sound quality on the podcast not necessarily the the file quality which was fucked up every now and again but it it improved a while back what he's trying to say is it improved once I let Arthur sit down at the boards no it was actually it was actually after Robert Ashley discussed uh digital mixing with us um so Knuckles Toledo writes in. I guess that's what he wants to be called. I'm worried about why his nickname is Knuckles. Um, he's written to us before. He says, while you were chatting with the new EGM guest, I was surprised that you didn't bring up the give me what is mine incorporated letter you received. I'm sure they will write again and again in to address this, but I suppose it doesn't hurt to have a fellow listener's back. <laughs> I, I, this is probably give me what is mine incorporated. He's just like warning us. You're going to get a letter from give me what is mine. I can see that. Um, the fact of the matter is, is that give me what is mine should write the new EGM if he's going to write anyone. So when they open up and have their little letter of contact us, you should write them up. Give me what is mine and be like, Hey, remember when you fucked me over? Maybe he's too busy stroking it to Maxim or whatever. Um, so isn't that their placement magazine? Yeah, I think yeah. so. So there's pretty much only one last letter that really? we haven't really got to. Um, Ooh, man. Ooh, man. Off to a good start. <laughs> it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a fairly lengthy relationship letter. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> Just um, hold the computer upward a little bit so you're not looking down. Eddie writes in. And yes. he says... Recite it like it's Shakespeare, bitch. He says, uh... Let's see. Throw an accent on it. I was listening to your show from day one, and, these, and then these things called graduation, marriage, moving out on my own, and finding a job all happened in quick succession, <laughs> as well as the crap I'm about to write. But now that life is stabilizing, I've been happy to go back to various podcasts, and this is one I look to forward to each week. I promise I will write you back with something relevant to the gaming world, but I thought I might as well give a crack at a relationship letter. I'll try to summarize as best I can. I was recently accused of emotional infidelity. Essentially, one of my ex-close friends, who is a newlywed woman, accused me of emotionally cheating on my wife with her. The accusation came out of nowhere and wasn't technically from my friend, but her husband, who said a bunch of things that weren't true anyway. The evidence they threw at me was by and large inaccurate, discrediting the accusation but not making the situation of losing a sister-like friend any more, any less hurtful or confusing. I would never cheat on my wife, not physically and not emotionally. I trust her more than any other person. I love her more than any other person. I tell her more about myself than any other person, etc., etc. Wait, can we just stop for a second and remind him that his wife is not here right now? 
Um, but I also rely on my close friends a lot on an emotional level, both guys and girls, because I need that kind of social balance. Okay. Um, Just read it all. You started it. Okay. So if I was emotionally cheating with this one girl, I'd be emotionally cheating with about three or four other people, boys and girls alike. I think what has been really shaking up this whole pile of crap is that my friend had assured us that she was comfortable with her friendship with us, that she didn't feel awkward and promised us she'd let us know if she ever did. But then suddenly and out of nowhere, all this stuff comes up and contradicts everything she's ever said to us, leaving us to wonder why she would make up a bunch of lies just to cut us out of our life. Or maybe she was lying the entire time she was our friend. Either way, not a pretty thing to happen. She was a bridesmaid in our wedding for crying out loud, so I can't understand why she would attend such a ceremony if she thought this was true. I think it's her husband using this as an excuse to cut her away from us since she's been cutting away from all her friends since she married him. Without burying you in the details of the situation, which has severely chopped away my trust in female friends on top of other events this year, I'll get to the question. What do you consider to be cheating? Do you make a distinction between physical cheating and emotional cheating? How so? And then, yeah. Um, so, yeah, how do you guys define it? And have you ever had a sticky situation involving accusations of cheating? I actually pride myself on the fact that I have, uh, that I, I, fidelity is extremely important to me. And uh, I've never cheated on someone or, to my knowledge, helped someone cheat on someone. But that being said, physically, anyways, there have been a couple of times that I've gotten emotionally close to someone who did have a relationship with someone else. Um, one in particular that Arthur was around for when we both worked at the record shop the second time after we got fired. Um, oh, yes. Oh, and so yes. and so she had a boyfriend, but, you know, it was the stereotypical, like... He was a douchebag. He was a douchebag treating her really bad. and Or at least that was her story. And her and I hit it off really well. And I never let anything come of it because of the fact that she was in a relationship. But there was definitely some times with the conversations we would have and stuff that were not purely friendly and i think that there is a point where you can be emotionally like not totally like uh i guess true to someone also just to throw it out there she had a pretty amazing rack yeah she was beautiful um but yeah i mean there is a way that you can be like emotionally like an infidel to people so i don't think that's the way no it is (laughs) by the way it is an infidel you should be killed um, um, yeah, yeah. I've, I've never been in a situation where I've been accused of cheating. You know that. I don't know. It almost seems like maybe it's a character trait, like infidelity, sort of thing. But I have been in your situation, Anthony, where I was chasing a girl who had a boyfriend. And and my take on that is like, whatever. All's fair is in love and war. As long as it's like not your friends that you're that is in the relationship with the girl. Oh man, you know, if you don't know the other way. guy, man, you're trying to get the girl, go for it. Uh, but what if Tyler, he's, you were a fucking dog. What if he's man, a, what if he's a really good guy? Hey, that what happened kind of to me, man. If he was I, taking time, care of business at home, it wouldn't be a problem. Yeah, it's like uh I liked that girl a lot and I thought I would be better to her than her boyfriend at the time, so. Yeah, I don't know. I have a I have a I I have uh, a hard time being a home wrecker. <laughs> For lack of a it's, term. We're talking about boyfriend girlfriend. I'm not talking about marriage now. This was, is but in our case, age though, though nowadays. But in our age nowadays, fucking boyfriend and girlfriend can mean a lot. Practically married, anyways. Yeah. Like shit, you and Jody, you maybe just be boyfriend and girlfriend. But when I think Correct. about you guys, it's like it's not the way that yeah. I thought about a boyfriend and girlfriend. You and, know, yeah, and we live together. Ago. Yeah, you know. For so, sure, there can be dirt to it, but yeah, there's but that. I have been emotionally invested in someone, yeah. you know, and there can be. I mean, it, you, but I think you know 
When exactly. That's the whole thing. I mean, it's a gray line, but you know if you're emotionally cheating. Like, maybe she was. And if you're bringing out the book of rules, like, to decide whether or not you've been unfaithful, then it, you probably have been unfaithful. But I think maybe the problem was maybe she was emotionally unfaithful. Like, she really liked you. Maybe that's why she was a bridesmaid in your wedding, for all we know. Or, I mean, you, I think, I feel like he called it already, which is that she's been severing contact with all of her friends since being with this guy. So, Maybe this just made the cut easier to do. Um, Yeah, I don't know. I, I don't, I'd get a little oogie about discussing my relationship history on the podcast. No, in let's... anything but particular or in anything but no but now well, if it gets you oogie though that just encourages me well i know it encourages you and i can tell you later but um nah just uh enjoy your wife enjoy your wife enjoy your wife um, we did yeah enjoy your wife yeah, i'm man, planning I mean, on getting like, mine in the mail soon I, you know i can understand if you had like a really good friendship with this girl but if she's gonna flake out on you that easily yeah, I tend to I tend to put things in perspective like that too. I've had people like, you know, pledge the world to me as far as like friendship and stuff go, but if they can ditch out on a friendship so easy, that kind of speaks volumes about Actions. their investment in it. So, um never pick one of those kinds of letters again. Why? That was not a relationship letter. That was that was a crazy social situation letter that goes, man, we talk about all kinds of things on this podcast. True. Yeah. I don't know. That just went into a weird place, I feel like. That went into a weird place for you. For you. <laughs> <laughs> for us. Um, all right. So that's it for our letters this time. You've suffered through now like an hour and a half of our bullshit. Oh, no. Well, an hour and 47 An hour and 40-something so minutes of our bullshit. And uh, next mm. week's podcast should be, well, the next couple weeks are going to be kind of weird because with the holiday break and stuff, Tyler's going to Texas for a week and... Arthur's taken off to Vegas for a few days, and I'm going to go see my family for a few days. So next week's podcast might just be something extremely short and special, um, maybe, if we manage to put it together. And then other than that, the week after that, we'll probably do a show, though it might just be me, Arthur, and probably a guest uh, to replace Tyler for a week. Um, Maybe more. And then probably (laughs) we'll do Game Club this coming Monday, but then we might need the week after that off. So, um, yeah. Yeah, so family you, stuff during yeah, the you holiday. Know, I mean, look, you guys are hopefully going to be busy with your families too. So, and that's if not, that's when you and, need entertainment the most. And if you're not and yeah. depressed, go back and listen to our old episodes when the show was actually good. And my dad um, just got laid off. So he needs a little. I don't know. Go read iTunes. And oh, they did tell he really? You. Yeah. Oh fuck. Got laid off. Well, Bing Bing. Merry Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> on that note please go kill yourselves after subscribing to our podcast um, just make sure you have a family member that so yeah subscribe to our podcast dig the podcast and go listen to our friends podcasts which you can hear the mobcast with old EGMers at bitmob.com as well as the geekbox which has Ryan Scott from GFW Radio and mm-hmm. GFW Magazine at geekbox.net um, .net I also hear that Ryan Scott works at a gaming website today. yeah and then me and Ryan also work at GameSpy and you can hear us on the game Spidey briefings together where we argue and argue all the time. And then um, beyond that, you should watch co-op at area5.tv or revision3.com slash co-op. Um, where can the internet find you, Tyler? At um, twitter.com slash dirtyt. I occasionally throw up a twit. I try to do it often. And then gamespy.com for some daily news. Arthur. You're a sneaky fucker. 
looking at Tyler, looking at me when you're asking Tyler. Yeah, uh, yeah, that threw me off too. Yeah, twitter.com slash A-E-G-I-E-S. You can also find uh, my idiocy at teamxbox.com. Yay. Dude. What? Oh, nothing. All right. Just, what are you going to say? Spill it for there, fuck's there, sake. There needs to, to, to be like a team idiocy website where it's like... Just the exaggerated. There already is. F O X N E W S dot com. <laughs> but I mean for video games. <laughs> and on that note, now that Arthur's alienated our right wing audience again, um, we're going to uh, go abortions and teen gonna, pregnancy. Buy gold. We're gonna buy gold. We're gonna see you next week. I support teen pregnancy and abortions. Check, check, checks, mix, checks, mix. Check it to check, 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 checks, mix. I feel like myself again. Check it to check, 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 checks, mix. Check it to check, 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 You just shit my <laughs> Son of a bitch. That sounded weird. <laughs> this chair has a really hard bottom. I mean, it vibrates like crazy. It amplifies. Yeah, it does. Like that one you did here on the floor that one time that blew my mind. That's the way you do it, man. You gotta get the right angle. <laughs> it's like a garden hose. You know when you, you know, when you put your thumb over the top of the spout of a garden hose? Yes. It's the same principle works if you like stretch your penis long ways shoots your piss really far yes you could pee over fences that way yes you also have to pee for like three times as long true it takes like three times as long to get the job done yeah and you could get splashed back on your hand which could then itch later what (laughs) why does your piss itch tyler urea it it irritates the skin acidic Dog. That's why you, if you get bull nettle, throw it on there. Are you sure it's not the gonorrhea? If you get what? (laughs) 
Bull nettle? Bull, bull needle? Oh. Nettle, I think, is right. Bull nettle? Yeah, bull nettle, you're supposed to, what, rub it on piss stuff? You, well, I, yeah, yeah honestly, yeah. If, it neutralizes if you get into the, bull nettle, uh, the sting. You piss on it. Same thing with jellyfish, right? Like, if you get mm-hmm. some oh, jellyfish, okay. I you thought you were saying it. that you use the bull nettle in response to pissing on yourself, and I was like, is this a problem? Dude, you pissed all over me. Quick, give me the bull nettle. <laughs> I stick yeah. bull nettle shards down my urethra. <laughs> no, that would be bad. Man, it's like, in the podcast, man, you sneezed that. on me. Could After you give me some poison just, ivy? I stick bull nettle shards down my urethra. <laughs> there was one letter in there that was like, "My girlfriend's into kinky stuff." But we are like, not reading that shit. This is not Penthouse Forum. <laughs> I saw that. I was like, I saw that guy's letter. I was like, what? I don't even know what to tell him. Oh, tell him to stop writing fake letters. Mm-hmm. We don't have time for his there shit. That letter's probably real, which is the weird thing. Oh, whether or not the letter's re- real, that that that's definitely a real situation. I'm oh, sure absolutely. there are guys out there with like freaky girls, and oh yeah, girls are like, let's Whoa. just put that all on the girls because it's You're definitely really it, it would never be a dude asking some girl to pee on him. Well, no, I'm just saying no, somebody just saying in his situation guys in that there. man. I'm um, you know if it was a girl writing it, I'm sure. Shit, I, ugh. who knows what. Some girls have to endure, dude. If you had a dollar for every time you peed on a girl, Tyler. No. No golden showers. Tyler's not into the pee stuff. Mm-mm. No, no gross, no gross shit. Word. Everything is gross to somebody, Tyler. Yeah, this pissing is true, like but, I'm, but I'm saying like normal. Pissing on people should be gross to everyone. <laughs> that should be. <laughs> like beer poop. That should be gross to everybody. Have you guys, Pardon? <laughs> you guys have not seen the beer poop video? No, oh, dude, it's horrible. It's like one—it's one of the most horrible things I've seen Is in my it like entire life. Feeding beer into their asshole, yeah, and then shitting it out, yeah, all over someone's face. Okay, why have you seen that? Because at the dawn of the age of the internet, no, my friend Danny, no, you have infamously no sent around this email with the subject line "beer poop." And you watched. And no one knew. No one knew these things. Back it says then. beer this poop. Was like what? What are you going to think? Click on it what are you going it, It's it's 1997. You just got your uh, 56k modem installed. Your friend sends you an email saying beer poop. You don't know what to think, dude. I'm gonna send you, you an don't. email labeled penis shit. <laughs> I'd actually be curious to see a penis shit. Because it can't happen. <laughs> Is that a video? Penis doesn't have a colon. We should start recording before I murder both of you. (laughs) No, we should keep going because let's continue to agitate him like a washing machine. (laughs) That video, man, it's stuck in my mind. All right.